Hello and happy Lent. This is New Creation Common Prayer. Today we are called to worship with Psalm 78. Listen, my people, to my teaching. Tilt your ears towards the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a proverb. I'll declare riddles from days long gone, ones that we've heard and learned about, ones that our ancestors told us. We won't hide them from their descendants. We'll tell the next generation all about the praise due the Lord and his strength, the wondrous works God has done. He established a law for Jacob and set up instruction for Israel, ordering our ancestors to teach them to their children. This is so that the next generation and children not yet born will know these things, and so they can rise up and tell their children to put their hope in God, never forgetting God's deeds but keeping God's commandments, and so that they won't become like their ancestors, a rebellious, stubborn generation, a generation whose heart wasn't set firm and whose spirit wasn't faithful to God. The children of Ephraim, armed with bows, retreated on the day of battle, They didn't keep God's covenant, they refused to walk in his instruction. They forgot God's deeds as well as the wondrous works he showed them. But God performed wonders in their ancestors' presence, in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. God split the sea and led them through, making the waters stand up like a wall. God led them with the cloud by day, by the lightning all through the night. God split rocks open in the wilderness, gave them plenty to drink, as if from the deep itself. God made streams flow from the rock, made water run like rivers, but they continued to sin against God, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They tested God in their hearts, demanded food for their stomachs. They spoke against God. Can God set a dinner table in the wilderness, they asked? True, God struck the rock and water gushed and streams flowed, but can he give bread too? Can he provide meat for his people? When the Lord heard this, he became furious. A fire was ignited against Jacob. Wrath also burned against Israel because they had no faith in God, because they didn't trust his saving power. God gave orders to the sky above, opened heaven's doors, and rained manna on them so they could eat. He gave them the very grain of heaven. Each person ate the bread of the powerful ones. God sent provisions to satisfy them. God set the east wind moving across the skies and drove the south wind by his strength. He rained meat on them as if it were dust in the air. He rained as many birds as the sand on the seashore. God brought the birds down in the center of their camp all around their dwellings. So they ate and were completely satisfied. God gave them exactly what they had craved. But they didn't stop craving, even with the food still in their mouths. So God's anger came up against them. He killed the most hardy of them. He cut down Israel's youth in their prime. But in spite of all that, they kept sinning and had no faith in God's wondrous works. So God brought their days to an end like a puff of air and their years in total ruin. But whenever God killed them, they went after him. They would turn and earnestly search for God. They would remember that God was their rock, that the Most High was their Redeemer. But they were just flattering him with lip service. They were lying to him with their tongues. Their hearts weren't firmly set on him. They weren't faithful to his covenant. But God, being compassionate, kept forgiving their sins, kept avoiding destruction. He took back his anger so many times, wouldn't stir up all his wrath. 
God kept remembering that they were just flesh, just breath that passes and doesn't come back. Today's Old Testament reading comes out of the book of Genesis, chapter 45, verses 1 through 15. Joseph could no longer control himself in front of all his attendants, so he declared, Everyone, leave now. So no one stayed with him when he revealed his identity to his brothers. He wept so loudly that the Egyptians and Pharaoh's household heard him. Joseph said to his brothers, I'm Joseph. Is my father really still alive? His brothers couldn't respond because they were terrified before him. Joseph said to his brothers, come closer to me. And they moved closer. He said, I'm your brother, Joseph, the one you sold to Egypt. Now don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves that you sold me here. Actually, God sent me before you to save lives. We've already had two years of famine in the land and there are five years left without planting or harvesting. God sent me before you to make sure you'd survive and to rescue your lives in this amazing way. You didn't send me here. It was God who made me a father to Pharaoh, master of his entire household, and ruler of the whole land of Egypt. Hurry, go back to your father. Tell him this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me master of all of Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You may live in the land of Goshen, so you will be near me. Your children, your grandchildren, your flocks, your herds, and everyone with you. I will support you there, so you, your household, and everyone with you won't starve, since the famine will last five years. You and my brother Benjamin have seen with your own eyes that I'm speaking to you. Tell my father about my power in Egypt and about everything you've seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. He threw his arms around his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept on his shoulder. He kissed all of his brothers and wept, embracing them. After that, his brothers were finally able to talk to him. Our epistle reading comes out of 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 32 to 40. I want you to be free from concerns. A man who isn't married is concerned about the Lord's concerns, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the world's concerns, how he can please his wife. His attention is divided. A woman who isn't married or who is a virgin is concerned about the Lord's concerns so that she can be dedicated dedicated to God in both body and spirit, but a married woman is concerned about the world's concerns, how she can please her husband. I'm saying this for your own advantage. It's not to restrict you, but rather to promote effective and consistent service to the Lord without distraction. If someone thinks he is acting inappropriately toward an unmarried woman whom he knows, and if he has strong feelings and it seems like the right thing to do, he should do what he wants. He's not sinning. They should get married. But if a man stands firm in his decision and doesn't feel the pressure but has his own will under control, he does right if he decides in his own heart not to marry the woman. Therefore, the one who marries the unmarried woman does right, and the one who doesn't get married will do even better. A woman is obligated to stay in her marriage as long as her husband is alive, but if her husband dies, she's free to marry whomever she wants. Only it should be a believer in the Lord. But in my opinion, she will be happier if she stays the way she is. And I think that I have God's spirit, too. Today's gospel reading comes out of the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verses 1 through 13. Jesus left that place and came to his hometown. His disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many who heard him were surprised. Where did this man get all this? What's this wisdom he's been given? 
What about the powerful acts accomplished through him? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't he Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? They were repulsed by him and fell into sin. Jesus said to them, Prophets are honored everywhere except in their own hometowns, among their relatives, and in their own households. He was unable to do any miracles there except that he placed his hands on a few sick people and healed them. He was appalled by their disbelief. Then Jesus traveled through the surrounding villages teaching. He called for the twelve and sent them out in pairs. He gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey except a walking stick, no bread, no bags, and no money in their belts. He told them to wear sandals but not to put on two shirts. He said, whatever house you enter, remain there until you leave that place. If a place doesn't welcome you or listen to you as you leave, shake the dust off your feet as a witness against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should change their hearts and lives. They cast out many demons and they anointed many sick people with olive oil and healed them. beginning and one with God the Lord most high your hidden glory in creation now revealed in you are Christ what a beautiful name it is what a beautiful name it is the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us So Jesus, you brought heaven down My sin was great, your love was greater What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is what a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is, and nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus.
death could not hold you. The Apostles' Creed is a statement of Christian faith that has been handed down in Western Christianity for well over 1,500 years. While shorter than the Nicene Creed, it beautifully summarizes the core tenets of Christianity about the triune God and the people of God called the Church. It faithfully hands down through the ages the beliefs given to the Church by the first Apostles of Jesus Christ, generation to generation. Now, let's recite that faith handed down so beautifully together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. 
I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let us enter into a time of prayer for ourselves, our community, and the whole world. I invite you, wherever you're joining with us, to lift up your prayers, either out loud or silently, wherever you are today. Let's pray. Lord, we pray for your church, both our local congregation and the church worldwide. Help us to be unified in our mission today and to be great co-partners with your spirit, wherever we find ourselves. Lord, we pray for those who are suffering today, whether sick, injured, or oppressed. Be with them, supply their needs, and bring justice today, we pray. Lord, we pray for those who may consider us enemies, whom we have injured or offended. Grant them your peace, and enable us to be peacemakers. Lord, we thank you for your many blessings, including these. Lord, during this season of Lent, give us the will to take up our cross and follow after your Son, Jesus Christ, in living a cruciform life. And now let us pray the prayer our Lord Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we depart this time together, go with these closing words out of Psalm 78. God rejected the tent of Joseph and didn't choose the tribe of Ephraim. Instead, he chose the tribe of Judah, the mountain of Zion, which he loves. God built his sanctuary like the highest heaven and like the earth, which he established forever. And God chose David, his servant, taking him from the sheepfolds. God brought him from shepherding, nursing ewes to shepherding his people, Jacob, to shepherd his inheritance, Israel. David shepherded them with a heart of integrity. He led them with the skill of his hands. Go today in the grace and peace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We'll see you tomorrow. New Creation Common Prayer is a ministry of New Creation Community Online, New Creation Community Middleton, and Nampa College Church. 
You can find out more about our ministries by visiting nampacollegechurch.com. Today's hymn was What a Beautiful Name, performed by Riley Fast and recorded and mixed by Drew McKellips. All scripture readings were out of the Common English Bible. Today's psalm reading was read by Caleb Daniels. Today's Old Testament reading was by Caleb Daniels. Today's epistle reading was by Caleb Daniels. And today's gospel reading was by Caleb Daniels. Background music for New Creation Common Prayer was created awesomely by Keller Gage. Today's devotion was produced and edited by Caleb Daniels.